Hello and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast, where we're going to be speaking with the Californian hardcore punk rock band Shiva today. These guys just put out their second EP titled Cyclone on August 12, 2022 on Wiretap Records. And for fans of hardcore punk bands like Turnstile and Suicidal Tendencies, or even if you just like to get up and do some fist pumping during a song, you're going to really enjoy this EP and their other music as well. I'm going to get a little help from these guys to kick off the show and say, TTG, I'm trained to go. All right. <laughs> You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock bands around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool. It's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Power by Rock podcast. I'm pumped today to be bringing on a pretty rad new band from Antelope Valley, California on the show uh, in Shiva. This is Jabril and Alex from the band. I got to meet these guys after the show they played in Vegas back in March after hearing some of their music upon signing with Wiretap Records. And I've been impressed with them ever since. So, hey, guys, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us, man. Yeah, of course. So, guys, obviously, most people listening or maybe just, you know, average punk fans or rock fans and then probably don't know that much about Shiva. So just to bring everybody up to speed, like on a few things, just let me know how you guys got together. What are some of the influence of the band and why did you choose the name Shiva just to get started? Uh, so basically uh, when it comes to uh, the creation of this band, this band's kind of been a work in progress for a couple years. It, it really started with me and our guitarist Cole. Uh, we, we've been doing music together for years. We were in previous bands together and uh, we kind of wanted to, um, do something that we felt was different that was kind of like uh put together like a punk punk band I and mean, we were used to being like in hardcore bands or like metal bands we were like let's get something a little bit more uh energetic you know kind of to match our style match our energy so we came up with a uh, shiva we kind of uh bounced ideas off each other and i think it took honestly about two years of bouncing ideas before we actually were like yo let's actually really sit down and do this and uh we met in my house we went to his house a couple times and uh, me and him kind of just put together uh, a few tracks, and then that's when we were like, yeah, this might be something that can really kind of work. I think we put together one song together, uh, we demoed it, and we started sitting, uh, sitting around, and then we came over to homeboy Alex over here, one of the illest musicians <laughs> out here, without a doubt. He's been doing music for years also, and our old bands have always played together, so it'd be super cool to put together like a... Uh, I guess a super group of bands or a super group together out here of people who've been doing uh, music out here for years. And that's kind of how Shiva kind of really came together with its full uh, lineup of people. And uh, we kind of just started writing music. We wanted to keep it punk, a little bit of a little bit of a mainstream influence. Uh, and basically, as time went on, it started really feeling like this is a real thing. And then we kind of uh, put out music. We went to go record. Uh, we were kind of geared to go, ready to do stuff, and then the pandemic hit. So we were kind of like sitting on the music for a long time. Uh, and what what felt like two years at first, another year got added to it because now we have a we have music with a band, but now we can't really play shows with this music. So we kind of were like, well, let's let's get in our bag, let's see what we can do. Uh, that's that's you know still just as uh, I guess productive without actually playing shows. So we started really driving the EP out. We started put doing music videos. We started practicing a lot more and then i think even then we wrote some of the songs that are about to be released or released now i guess when this uh this uh video is out some of those songs were written a long time ago and we finally just got around to like putting it out now yeah because we had that you know solitude to kind of like not play shows and continue to practice and write music so uh it was a long time coming but basically i guess i consider this project like just a uh a, a justice league of <laughs> of musicians coming together and, and doing something cool. Uh, as far as the name Shiva... I like how you didn't use Avengers. You went DC with that. I would go Avengers, but I'm, I'm actually... I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Marvel fan, so... Okay. I do so like your second rate in this in this instance. Ah, uh, see, we don't have to we don't have to do a Marvel <laughs> battle. We, we can though, but we don't have to. No, no, I like I like both of those. I used to read the DC comic books. I prefer the comics over the uh, the movies, obviously. Uh, I, I, I prefer the cartoons over the movies too, but when it comes to 
I think cinematic universe, I think Marvel's definitely taking the cake right now. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, DC's just not holding their end up. Some of it's good, but not all of it. I thought the last Batman movie with Robert Pattinson was, was excellent, though. I'll give you that. I yeah. like that a lot. That was pretty good. Yeah. So how did you come up with the name Shiva? Is it uh, and obviously it's with two eyes and, and uh, capitalized? So there's got to be something going on with that. Yeah. So uh, the name Shiva initially comes from it, it's it's from uh, you know Hindu, obviously. Yep. Uh, what we wanted to do is we kind of want to put a twist on it. So we were like, well, we're gonna add two eyes to the name, um, not necessarily to get confused with with anything else, but mainly just to kind of capitalize on the the idea of duality. So with two eyes. We were like thinking we're going to represent this as a second chance, as different chances, multiple chances. Uh, I guess not just uh, one output, but multiple outputs. And we figured the two eyes in there can represent just uh, always being able to bounce back from things. And me and Cole, we came up with naming past experiences, doing music and doing a lot of things. We kind of uh, reflect back at how we always bounce back from a lot of things that come our way, a lot of um, disadvantages we always seem to recover. Yeah. So we just thought the eye was suiting, like, hey, you know, we're bouncing back from everything, and we're doing nice. music. You sound like you've been you've been around for ages, but I mean, you can't be super old. You got to be under thirty, right? Me personally, yeah, I'm thirty. Yeah, I'm okay. 30. <laughs> so, yeah. So you're, you're talking like you're a fifty year old man talking about bouncing back from all these adversities, but it can happen. I mean, especially in the music business. <laughs> 30, so, 30, when I was like in high school, I was like 30 is old as shit. But now I'm like, yeah, that's still young as hell. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing. When I, when I was turning 30, I was like, man, I don't want to turn 30 and be old. And now I'm 30, I'm like, I feel, I feel, I feel, I mean, I go to the gym all, all, all the time. So I'm, yeah, I'm physically stronger than I've ever been right now. So I exactly. mean, not really, it's just a number, right? When it comes to yeah. aging, I guess. And I always told people when I was in high school, I was like, you don't want to mess around with like guys that are like 45 if you ever get in a fight at a bar because those dudes have what I call old man strength. It's like, you don't have that when you're younger. You don't realize how strong somebody can actually be. Like, they get you in a grip. You're like, oh, shit, that's actually oh, a really good grip. <laughs> yeah, and I've seen it uh, in action. One of my friends, uh, he got in a fight with a dude who was maybe like 43, 44. And uh, this guy, you know, my friend, he's been in plenty of fights. But for some reason, when he was fighting this guy, it was just game over for him. He had him yeah. in a headlock, and he would not let go. We had to pry him off of him. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm telling yeah, you, old man strikes, and that's not, it's not a thing that you can mess around with. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's one thing to fight; it's another thing to fight for your life. So exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One so you guys are obviously from California, so everybody's probably going to assume you know your liberal Democrat zone bubble. Uh, but what's the reality of Antelope Valley in the high desert out there? Uh, you want to take this one, Alex? Yeah, I would say I would say um, it's pretty it's pretty up and down. I mean, um, when you coming up, like you'll you'll notice like right away, there's definitely more. I guess the right the right term would be like conservatism. Yeah, yeah. Going yeah. on, uh, definitely right up here. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely more of like a you know a conservative uh, climate out here. But there's definitely you know uh, pockets of uh, you know I guess you could say left leaning uh, beliefs out here as well. Yeah, you know uh, that's that's like I, I say up and down because you might have a you know you might like you might know conservative people that. You know, just talking to them, you'll it's it's clear that you know they might identify as, as conservative, but they're really uh, more aligned with like somewhat of like some you know the ideals of someone that would consider themselves a liberal. Like yeah. They're really not all I, that different. I think there's a lot more commonalities between both types of uh, parties. If people just looked at the stuff they agreed upon, it's like not, you agree upon ninety percent of the stuff, but you're fighting over the ten percent you don't. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's when the politics get involved. That's when people. Uh, they become blind, I guess, in my opinion, by the, the idea of politics. And I think they kind of step they step away from the, the simple fact of what's considered a human right and what's, you know, considered political viewpoints. Yeah. Kind of like what Alex was saying, like, out here, even though this is like the Antelope Valley, Lancaster, Palmdale, uh, and it is in Southern California and L.A. County, which is yep. definitely incredibly liberal. Uh, when you get to our area, I think our area is... Um, considered the most conservative area of LA County. Yeah. It was to the point where I think the mayor of Lancaster was trying to separate from LA County <laughs> during the pandemic, which is <laughs> kind of wild. And, uh, you know, we, we do, it's not as crazy as it used to be, but every once in a while we still do see like Confederate flags over here all the time. So yeah, we filmed our music video stomp and uh, we burned a Confederate flag and that was mainly kind of, you know, sending our regards to our hometown. A lot of people who aren't from the area didn't quite understand that. 
uh, I got a couple of friends who live in like um, New York area, and they were kind of like like Confederate flags. Like, yeah, obviously everyone knows they're bad. I'm thinking not where we're from. It's still there yeah. to see those. Yeah. So actually, I had another guest on James Spooner, who actually did the the the, the graphic novel. High, he called the High Desert, um, and he's just from a stone's throw away in Apple Valley. So uh, mm, he okay. actually talked about how he grew up in the '80s as a you know the like one of the only black kids in his high school who liked punk music. He had like one other friend that was black that liked punk, and his drummer was actually a neo-Nazi because he oh. just kind of had to have him in the band because there was like there was either like only kinds of people that were in the band was. The, him and his other black friend and then the one drummer who liked punk and he was a neo-nazi yeah. because his family was all neo-nazis you guys see any of that kind of crazy shit still even though in 2022 is that still happening not not neo-nazis necessarily but you know I, I i am 30 and again that's not that old but i would say when i was in about ninth grade uh, going to shows and stuff every once in a while we would see a lot of uh neo-nazis and we call them ab skins out here yeah, and the yeah. reason we call them that is because they're 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 not sharps, and they have a certain uh, perspective on things that we don't agree with. And what would happen? And I think when I when I first started going to shows, it was kind of the tail end of this. But a lot of the uh, people went to shows; they would typically chase those people out. Yeah. So I think around <clears throat> I would say 2004, 2005 is kind of the tail end of when you would even see anyone like that. I think the last time I saw a neo Nazi out here who was openly just you know ready to just you know display his his opinions on everything um was probably in like 2011 and yeah. he walked in and he was quickly escorted out so yeah. <laughs> and that was that was personally by me and some of my friends oh, wait, like, you that, gotta balance was that, industry theater? that was industry yeah, theater. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he yeah. was trying to be cool he said no nah, i'm cool man i'm cool i was like well i just need to know man are you a sharp or a neo-nazi and he wouldn't answer me he said no nah, i'm cool i'm cool and right then i knew okay i know what you are if you were sharp yeah. you would tell me immediately so yeah and for those who don't know, kind of explain the difference because there's these kinds of people that, you know, I won't call them reform neo-Nazis, but if people kind of identify with uh, essentially white supremacy, but don't practice it. And then also, then there's these other ones that are kind of like, they just shave their head and they're punk rock, right? So it's a little yep. bit different, but they can be kind of interchangeably viewed because of the stigma of, of neo-Nazism. Yeah, unfortunately, I know that was a thing, and I'm trying to see if I can catch my history, but I know that was a, in the 80s, or was it the 70s? That's kind of when a lot of that got initiated, the idea of, uh, I guess, neo-Nazis dressing and appearing like sharps, and that was mainly yeah. because of, um, I think I started in Europe. I'm not 100% on that, but I know oftentimes, like, for example, someone like my mom, I've had to tell her countless times, like, the difference between a sharp and neo-Nazi, and and her opinion, she thinks, oh, well, they, you know, if he looks like a neo-Nazi or he looks like a skinhead, then he's just a neo-Nazi. And that's that's not that's definitely not the point. I know some yeah. um, some people were sharps personally, and and I don't want to say they take offense to it anymore, I think, because it's kind of rare to really see neo-Nazis. So people within our group or within our circle or I guess in our subgenre, everyone typically knows when someone comes in, they're a skinhead. Immediately, everyone knows they're a sharp. Yeah. Um, but I guess the grand difference would be Sharp, obviously, is skinhead, you know, is against racial prejudice, right? Yeah. And there's neo-Nazis who have their own, uh, I guess, inhumane uh, prejudice towards everyone who's not of the Aryan uh, blood. Yeah. And, and 90% huge. of them aren't either, but they don't want to admit that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. They definitely don't want to admit that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially nowadays. I mean, I don't even know. I hate to say what, what they call pure blood or whatever. I, would, I don't even know who's uh, like that anymore. Yeah. You're going to have to go to, like, literally, like, I don't know, like, Austria, maybe to find any of those anymore, anyway. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone's so mixed, so it's it's interesting yeah. for people to, who have that perspective and then themselves are, are you know, hey, look, we're one the same, you know. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, exactly. So obviously, let's dig into the music because you guys have been busy. Obviously, all the politics and 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 crazy stuff aside, I just wanted to get that kind of perspective out there because I think it's it's an important thing when people think, oh yeah, you guys are going to come from you know super liberal California, you're going to ram punk music down my throat with some agenda that may be the case but at the same time you have you have every right to because you're living right next to the people who you're talking with right so it's not like you're, in a bubble. you're, you're definitely this is an interactive on a, a daily basis kind of thing but right. obviously with the with the new ep it hasn't been released yet as we're talking but by the time this goes live i think it'll be a couple weeks out so that's why i introed that in earlier um you guys kind of have some mixed stuff so what i mean by that is 
obviously on your first album, you guys had some tracks like I think it was even Groove, where you go and go hard, and then all of a sudden you're kind of going into like a psychedelic rock kind of breakdown, and then you go back to being hard. You guys mix this up pretty well. So like for the first two tracks off this album, you got Train to Go, which is a little bit more melodic. It's not so you know hardcore, and then you got Cyclone, which is just absolutely a, 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 a as hard as you can go kind of song for pretty much the whole song. What's the kind of process for these songs in particular? And, and why do you guys like to kind of mix and, and kind of go back and forth? Um, I think uh, I'm speaking for the banks and everyone's here to, to speak. But in my opinion, I think that the main reason why we try to keep um, everything feeling consistent, but inconsistent at the same time is because I feel like everyone in this band comes from a different background in music. And I feel it's very important to, for people to understand whereas we might be a hardcore band or a punk band. We're definitely a band that has influences from so many different types of uh, genres. And I feel like even though we're in this one subgenre, all that other stuff in general, traditionally, historically, is still influenced by everything around us. And we're all huge music heads. We all love all different types of uh, genres. And we were like, it'd be so cool to find a way to put this all in one at the same time not feel like we're going to be cornered into one area where we have to sound this way because there's no rules in music right yeah. when it comes to any type of expression you know or when you're expressing yourself musically there is no real rules to that stuff despite what people might believe you should be able to do what you want and i feel like the idea of shiva is we have that freedom we have a duality to be left right up down we could be whatever we want at any time and no one would see it coming because that's how we're feeling at that moment or Maybe tomorrow will feel another way. And you might feel this way, but tomorrow we'll be feeling that way. So I feel like, and I know I'm saying a lot, but I feel like it's less of us being pulled in the direction of what people want to hear and us pulling them into the direction of what we want to play. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's good because I was actually going to ask you guys, it's clear you guys aren't just influenced by specifically like hardcore punk music, obviously. Like, you know, I mentioned bands like Turnstile. You know, they're not just specifically influenced by hardcore punk bands either. So what kind of other music do you guys listen to? I mean, just between the two of you guys, I'm sure that you guys, I, I definitely get grunge a little bit in there. I get some obviously psychedelic rock in there. Are you guys listening to like classic rock and like grunge and alternative? What, what other kind of musics are you, what other kind of music are you kind of influenced by that goes into the music? Let's see hear what you got here. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the classic rock thing. I haven't really crossed that bridge yet, even though like classic rock has like been everywhere. You know, like, I feel like, uh, like, especially in America, like the biggest rock, like staple is like classic rock, you know? Yeah. Well, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're only missing like 30 of the most popular, like all time selling (laughs) artists ever. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) I have, um, you know what, you know, what classic rock vinyl I listen to a lot is animals by Pink Floyd. Okay. Well, there you go. That's only what you need to Pink Floyd is in your catalog. Then you're good. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, but see, honestly, I I still haven't heard Dark Dark Side of the Moon. Okay, well, <laughs> go 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 watch the Wall the movie and uh, just watch that, and then basically that should be good enough to. It's like an hour and a half long. Just just go watch the Wall the movie. It's most yeah. of the album. It's got a little bit of some other stuff mixed in there, but okay. uh, that the Wall is the best album I've ever seen in my entire life ever made. But that that aside even animals is great like that's i mean that's only like four songs but it's it's yeah. a great album yeah i feel you yeah i mean uh you know like he said a little bit ago i don't want to speak for the whole band but i would say that all of us really listen to pretty much everything like uh we're all huge hip-hop heads that's one yeah um everything from like you know the classic 90s hip-hop to today's hip-hop um we listen to it all basically i know that jabril i like how the classics is the 90s animal <laughs> well you know <laughs> i guess uh what people would consider like classic like you know like yeah. uh if you put on an old school station they're playing like 90s hip-hop you know it's a yeah. weird feeling but it's pretty, yeah. Yeah. yeah even well, though for I, me, I, I, I think when i was growing up the classics were like the 70s late 70s early 80s up to the mid 80s now it's definitely yeah. like you know you you pretty much don't even have to listen to that stuff anymore because that wasn't really the greatest genre it's just kind of where like you know nwa yeah. and some other bands kind of came up and then the big bands, you know, the big artists and stuff kind of grew up in the 90s where like Dr. Dre and, and Tupac and stuff. That's when it got really influential and big. So you, you don't have to listen to every genre or every era, obviously, to kind of get the gist. So, yeah, yeah, you ain't missing much. 
<laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, like aside from that, like I know we all listen to indie rock a lot. Yeah, I know we all listen to stuff like Soul a mm-hmm. lot. You know, I'm um, a huge old school head when it comes to like uh, yeah. R&B or anything like that. I'm a huge Shaka Khan head, Earth Wind nice. and Fire. I like uh, Zap and Roger. I like the Gap Band. Uh, so I love Prince. Like anything from those that kind of generation, uh, I'm a huge fan of. Um, and like he mentioned, surprising a lot of people know about me. I do like EDM. EDM is a genre that it took me a long time to get into because when I was a kid, we would make fun of people who liked EDM. Yeah. And I was with them. I was like, oh, that's so weird. Like, you know, going to raves, like, but of course I'm going to like punk and hardcore shows. I'm thinking like, that's, that's really how you experience life is going to these. So <laughs> I was definitely close minded as a kid. And then I think when I got older, uh, it's kind of the same. You think so? Oh, you, oh, you mean well, the, the energy, Oh, oh the no, energy. I 100% agree with you. Like live yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's what I realized, that they were both the same. Yeah. And it's just, um, I guess the music's different, but the the experience is something that's kind of like uh, pretty fun. And the music, uh, I think I, when I first started going to the gym, they would play EDM at the gym I was going to when I was younger. And it just kind of stuck with me. I was like, man, I hate that. I love this. And now as a 30-year-old, I'm like, hey, it is what it is. Like, I'm a huge yeah. fan of this stuff. Yeah, it's not going away anytime soon, so you can't really like wish it away or anything because it's not going anywhere. And you can't beat it. You join it. I mean, it's it's getting more popular now than it's ever been. So yeah, I think it's an interesting kind of thing because you know that that's like the, the kind of upbringing of punk rock was that it was the most accessible form of music that you could play because electronic music didn't really exist because not everybody had computers, not everybody had programs that could do that. So you literally got the cheapest instruments you could find, get the pretty much the least talented people you could find to yeah. get together and, and just kind of join a band. You're, you know, the, the most talented, I guess, around you, which would still be a very limited talent base. Um, and then, yeah, you would go out and start a band. So I can kind of see how that's kind of the new culture. Um, I feel like it is, it's an even easier bridge to cross to get into EDM, but it's just like playing a computer game, right? It's just knowing the little sequences that you got to put together to finally make the music right. Pretty much that, yeah. I know. Uh, I never produced. But I have a couple of friends that they'll send me like EDM tracks, and they'll it'll they'll make it overnight. Yeah, and it'll it'll sound good. That's what's crazy. I'd be like, you guys, yeah. you wrote in like three hours, and it, it definitely sounds good. Yeah. Um, I, I get you make a good point about it being probably the most accessible uh, type of music now when it comes to creation because it. Not saying that there's not a lot of effort being put into it, but it's yeah. definitely you can sit down in your bed under the blankets with Netflix on and some headphones on. You could probably make a whole EDM record if you want. Yeah. To. Yeah. So. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and it'll and sound, it'll growing. sound good. Like the stranger things score or something. You'd be like, what the hell you made that in your bed last night? Oh yeah. I love, I love the stranger things score. It's funny you say yeah. that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause I feel like, uh, any music that you can like produce on a, on a computer is definitely like, uh, like in, in, in many ways, like I know, like, like we're like a punk band and you know we're on a show that's like i guess geared toward like you know like rock music but i feel like music that you can make on your computer like electronic music whether it's you know hip-hop beats or edm i feel like like how you're saying that's definitely like going to be like the forefront for many years to come as far as like accessibility yeah yeah i've seen a lot of people that like aren't musicians uh pick up that music like just producing it yeah Yeah. it's easy it's easy to produce like like you mentioned like you can literally for rap beats to produce it, anything can be on a laptop. It's faster and it's it's in high demand too because it's so yeah. uh, genre oriented and yeah. because people like it so much. So because it's in higher demand, not again. I'm not trying to take away from anyone who makes this stuff. I do sometimes feel like it's in higher demand, so people are going to be a little bit more willing to take things in less quality. Also, sure. And I think that is one thing that's bad about EDM and hip hop because there are a lot of hip hop beats nowadays I hear that are really good, but there's some that I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> like who? Like, and someone's rapping over, it. I'm like, man, this song does not sound good. And I'm thinking, like, I wonder how much effort was really put into this. Was it something that someone really wanted to sound good, or they just wanted to get it out and about real quick? And yeah. half the time, is they just wanted to sell it real quick, and they did. Sure. Yeah, of course. And I think it's interesting because you know, there's. I always think you know, um, it doesn't have to be all about the quality that you can kind of put out it's it's got to have like some sort of like meaning right and that's yeah. where i kind of get distracted by edm because i'm like does it really have any meaning if you can produce it so fast like do you have any connection now if you're singing or writing lyrics or something like that or if you really are a musical composer then i could see how that works right the one 
flip side of that is EDM has, you know, great sound right from the computer. So you don't have to worry about miking stuff. You don't have to worry about vocal, anything. Like it's just all there. It's already sequenced in. So you don't have to worry about how it's going to sound. It's going to sound great because these are professionally, you know, you know, triggered, whatever they are, like musical notes and stuff. So I think for me, I think it's the, it kind of takes away the, the human, humanality of it. But it, it still is absolutely gets people up and gets people dancing. So as a social experiment or a sh- social kind of thing, I see that it, you know, it's, it, it makes everybody get up and dance and I get that. And, you know, I think your music gets up and makes people want to dance as well. And I'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, for you guys, do you think that there was something you guys were trying to commit to on this EP that was like, Hey, we, we've got slow stuff. we got hard stuff. we got all this other stuff. Was there anything that, thematically or was this just like hey let's get the songs that we think are the best songs out there or what what's kind of the the songwriting process like for you guys to create this stuff uh typically when when it comes to i guess putting anything together songwriting and even laying down like a track listing we always kind of feel like because our our writing process and the music we put out is always one way or another it's going to be here or there it's never going to be too consistent we're like we felt like it'd be kind of cool when you put listen to it that you get those inconsistent vibes you get the in, yeah. inconsistent heartbeat heart rate i guess it'll yeah. be a slow song somewhat poppy song to an incredibly aggressive song right back to another one and, and i guess to keep that same pattern where you don't know what's coming next yeah that's kind of our the thing we want to go for we did the same with groove we're doing it with cyclone and that's kind of going to be our vibe is to make sure everything sounds so beautifully chaotic i guess yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good way to put it it's funny that you mentioned that because actually, I, I, I want to say it was when I was in college or shortly after I'd done some research because I was actually looking at doing drums, like electronic drums on the on the computer at that time. This was like 2004, 2002, maybe. Um, and I was thinking to myself, like, how do you know what's like good, like, you know, BPMs and stuff like that. And for some reason, I came across this like research or something that said like the perfect set of any DJ or any band basically has things that'll get your heart rate to like 120 BPM and then get you down to 70 and then get you right back up to like 140. And it's like the, so like when you're thinking of like your heart rate at BPMs, you're also thinking of like the speed of the song to get it there. Right. So it was very interesting that this person, whoever it was that did this research was saying like, you really can't just have all fast or all slow, like to really get a crowd behind you, you got to have, up and downs and that's gonna it feels like a roller coaster it's the thrill of the live event right right so i think that's pretty incredible that you guys think about that when you go into recording because i don't think that everybody does that and i think when people think about their track listings like they do for their set list like let's hit them with something fast right up the front and then kind of slow it down and then hit them fast and fast and fast and then slow down that's the kind of thing that i think comes out as a good um you know recorded album in general is when you think about it like a set list and not just like throw the tracks in any kind of general order you want Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. That, that was that's definitely one thing we kind of paid attention to. Um, it, I don't think this this record cyclone we did as much had to focus on it because we kind of at this point understood what we wanted to do. But I think groove is when we kind of ran into what are we going to do with this track listing to make it sound, I guess, uh, consistent in a nice way and get people you know energetic. And that's why we were like, well, we got to start with groove. Yeah. So of course, the opening track of the EP groove is groove. And it, it kind of hits off the gate. It's like a shotgun being blasted out. Yeah. And that was kind of the vibe we wanted to kind of set the tone for the whole record. Uh, and kind of like when you mentioned how it goes from fast, like a little bit of a groovy in the middle, psychedelic. We felt like this opening track definitely was like symbolize what this whole entire album or EP is going to kind of be. So yeah. what you're saying is kind of usually what we kind of think about when we're putting things together. Nice. Another and thing. one thing I'll say about your kind of brand of punk music that even though it's fast and hard, and like I said, it does have that mix, you still add the oohs and the ahs and the la-la-las in some of those songs, kind of give those melodies in the background. Yeah. What inspiration do you guys draw from for the melodies that you add in those songs? Uh, for for me, typically, when I'm putting laying down any type of melodies, I, again, like I mentioned, I'm I'm a huge fan of Earth, Wind & Fire. Okay. I always think of uh, what would Maurice White do right here? Yeah. <laughs> what would Prince do right here? What what would be done what could be done in this song to make it so it doesn't just sound like a traditional punk song? Yeah. Um, because I grew up with punk. I grew up with hardcore. 
Uh, and a lot of my friends grew up with the same thing. But before that, they were listening to stuff like Queen or like uh, ACDC. In my household, I wasn't listening to none of that. I was listening to a lot of the old smooth jazz, uh, the Vandross, you know, Sade. So, yeah. Um, well, I, I always tell people have... before I got into punk music, my sixth grade, I think I went to a Boys to Men concert because that was like my favorite band at the time or favorite act at yeah. the time. I yeah. love Boys to Men. I love New yeah. Edition too. I know New Edition found Boys to Men, but I think yeah. I like New Edition a little bit better. But uh, it was kind of just that. I was like, what's, what's, what, what would sound cool over here? And that's kind of the idea that we come with. And that's kind of a thing I'm consistent, trying to be consistent with a lot of the writing is just keeping things kind of, uh, I guess, in the outskirts, which you can hear in the background, like, oh, what's going yeah. on with that? So Yeah, that's awesome. I can say from firsthand uh, experience that you guys aren't afraid to go all out and cause some mosh pits and, as you said, some beautiful chaos at a live show, even if there are only 20, 30 people there. But, you know, I think it's great because if you don't bring the energy yourselves, then no one else will either, right? So where do you guys stand on what people should expect for your live shows? Alex, you got that one? Uh, yeah. So as far as like live, man, like we uh, we spend a lot of time just rehearsing. Like we'll do things. I I call it. Uh, well, I don't have a specific name, but it's almost like drills that that Jabril has put together. It's like we practice a song five times back to back, then move to the next song five times back to back, and then back. You know, it's like a whole cycle, and we do that just so little kinks can just get ironed out. You know. Yeah. Um. Our drummer now, Jimmy, uh, me and him, we uh, we were in marching band. We were in high school together. And one thing that was, like, really big uh, when we were, like, rehearsing a lot, it was just, like, dynamics and focus on, like, rhythm, just all that stuff. Like, something that is, like, important for live. And we always, like, apply that when, like, playing together in music. Yeah. Um, so once Jimmy joined up with us, you know, I'm playing bass in this band, so it's me and him on the rhythm section. So we try and, like, really lock in on like rhythm breaks, things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? And so with the, uh, with like all the rehearsal stuff that we do, we just try and honestly pretty much just, I mean, I know every band will say this is very quintessential, but we just try to like give it 110% when we, when we play live. Cause we know people are gonna, um, you know, like if we're, if we're at a punk show, like for example, the show that you saw us at, you know, uh, it was pretty much a punk show. Um, yep. You know, there's kids there, you know, clearly they're, they're all ready to mosh, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, we just, we just, we, we want to give them a lot of energy and good music because yeah. uh, there's been many times where I've seen bands like really great music, really great energy, but there's been like those times when like they play live and sometimes they fall a little short, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We've seen, seen that a lot. And I also feel like kind of the, uh, not only do we sound good, but mainly that we can kind of rehearse. What are we going to do if this is a show right now? Yeah. Like, you are gonna you can say this, or I'm going to say that, or, yo, let's try this right here. Let's try this right there. That way, if we know it doesn't sound good, then we know, all right, cool, we're not going to do it at the show. That yeah. rarely happens, though, because we're we're free-spirited people. So we always feel like what might not sound good right now will probably sound bomb tomorrow. So yeah. let's keep trying it. And I, we kind of feel like it's important to engage people in the crowd because – uh, a lot of people are there for their first time experience of even seeing live shows. And us growing up, I'm sure you can relate, Alex can relate, the band can relate. Us growing up and going to shows, we forget that there's an outside world sometimes. We feel like this is just our world. And we always forget that when people step foot into this world, they don't really know what to expect. And when they kind of see the moshing and the arm swinging and the stage diving, they oftentimes think that it's it's a mess. They don't know what's going on. My own dad... Yeah. My old band, he was like, I can't, I don't know if I can go to those shows. I don't know what's going on. I almost got hit one time. I was like, that's how it goes. But yeah. it's important to kind of let let them know that what might seem like a mess or might seem crazy is all love and unity. Yeah. So I feel like when we engage the audience and they see that we're comfortable up here on stage in front of 20, 30, 40 people, that they can also be comfortable in front of us, just another set of four or five people on stage. Yeah. So we try to just bring that energy that way that everyone feels happy, has a good time. You know, it's all love. Yeah. Yeah. And I can definitely, you know, say that, you know, the one thing I think when, when a band gets a crowd to get really energetic like that is there's going to be two things, one of two things that happens, either everybody gets it and everybody's like all in, like having fun and just trying to look out for each other. Somebody falls or we pick them up. Or the second thing is there's one dumb ass obnoxious person out there that tries to do something stupid and start a fight. And it's like, why? Why is there always this one dumbass guy? 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of happy so far, and I don't think there's been a fight at any of our shows. But I, my old band and Cole's old band, there was we used to people wouldn't even let us play shows anymore because thought we were gonna start fights. So, <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that I guess his band it's a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say more positive, but it's a little bit more. Uh, I guess the energy is different where yeah. people people are having fun. No one has you know too much you know bent up aggression or anything like that when they come and if they do that's fine you know everyone's here having a good time as long as you can be respectful towards people and not project too much on others that's yeah. no problem but yeah. definitely know what you're saying i've seen plenty of yeah. stupid fights like that so <laughs> yeah. it's like i wasn't here to mosh i was just here to listen to music in my own little bubble and then i got hit now i gotta start a fight <laughs> yeah 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 you know what's crazy is um me and me and our drummer we've been playing together in a, in another band for like the past eight years and that band style of music is not like it's not like death metal or thrash or none of that it's very like lighthearted, and even still we're playing like, jack johnson covers is that what you're saying it's uh <laughs> we're actually we're actually in a ska band together okay and, uh, and uh people start fights and like we had a we had a show where it was one of my plus ones i brought him and uh for some reason, he got like uppercutted by somebody in the pit. Uppercutted, like wow. really bad. Yeah, it's like a Mortal Combat move. That's like that's <laughs> not a normal fighter. Someone's uppercut. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, a that's normal not an accident. Move. I don't think yeah, anybody's skanking like this. <laughs> someone targeted him like big time, and yeah. uh, you know we we had to stop our set because you know our friend literally just got knocked out, and then the wow. same friend for another set. Like I'm not even kidding you. We played at we played at Cedar. We played at our local rec center, but we played upstairs. It was in the upstairs room, and that same friend got in a fight with someone else who was also being like crazy in the pit, and uh, they 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 like tumbled so hard that they got like I don't know how this happened, but one of them shoved the other one into like this window and shattered like the upstairs window. <laughs> and I know at least they didn't go through it. <laughs> we we kept so quiet about that because we're like, man. Because I think we were supposed to like host a show there two months later. Okay. We didn't want anyone to know that that was during our set. And I don't think they ever found out. So I'll edit this down and put it on the outtakes and be like, this is the never before. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> the problem with us, though, is uh, out here, it's very hard for us to keep venues. And that's been a historic issue out in Antelope Valley is we'll have a venue and we have a lot, a lot of people don't know how to respect venues too much. They'll maybe do graffiti on it, get it shut down, they'll break a window, get it shut down. Yeah. Or we have promoters that we can't trust and they're money hungry. So people start going to the shows. So because they stop going, it gets shut down. So I guess the idea of a window breaking at a venue, especially Cedar, he's saying Cedar Center. Cedar Center is the probably the most historic venue we have, have out here. And it's still around, um, but the city has taken ownership of it. So they have a little bit more uh, rules that we used to not have to worry about, but now we have to. So the idea of a window being broken, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a couple of years ago. Um, it was when the city owned it, but it was like an independent show. It was, okay. it was actually a hip hop festival. And gotcha. uh, oh, the, 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 yeah, the person that, that uh, put it together, they, they, they knew of our band. Um, and so they, they like put us on, on the, in the upstairs room and, you know, we're, we were like the only performers that had to fit that night. And, someone at the hip hop show, I guess, didn't understand what all these people were like running into them. Mm -hmm. So they targeted my friend that got targeted at the other show who was just there to have fun. Yeah. So I I don't think that actually really fell on us. I think, you know, the person that organized that one had to take care of that. I see. Gotcha. (laughs) But, you know. So I obviously did mention that you guys, you know, you have a bit more dance heavy or dance friendly, I should say, type of music in Jabril. I think you're kind of like, essentially the cheerleader of the dance when you guys start playing. I think you can start off the show with, uh, you know, like a chant. I can't remember the the exact line, but it's um, Shiva ain't afraid of you. I can't remember the whole thing, but uh, then you get everybody just kind of going. And if nobody else is going with you, you're like, all right, guys, like get up here, let's go. (laughs) Like stop standing around. You're at a show. So kind of explain to me, like, what do you like? Do you think that your music is any more dance friendly than like hardcore punk in general? Or do you think that's kind of, friendly to dance to by nature or do you specifically try and do something specific with your guys's music that really makes it more dance friendly and obviously we're not talking about slow dance i saw you cut out uh, i was just saying do you guys think that your guys's music do you do anything to it or with it that makes your kind of uh music more dance or mosh or you know it's movement friendly 
Um, I don't think that we specifically do anything different. I do feel though, and I, I feel kind of like when people see us and they see the energy we have, because a lot of shows we do play are uh, typically heavy. A lot of heavy bands are on it. And usually yeah. we're the only band that doesn't sound the way we sound on it. And that's okay. We, we embrace that. But I feel like a lot of times people might feel kind of like, well, what are they doing on this bill? So it makes them more eager to want to check us out. And I feel like the whole band definitely, I know they understand, but I feel like me, because I am singing for the band, it's important for me to make it clear that we're just as lit and just as turned up as any band on this bill. You can mosh or you don't have to mosh. It's completely up to you, but we, we're still going to be the ones that are going to be breaking it down right now. So mm -hmm. I typically like to speak to everyone and let them know that if you guys don't dance, we're about to dance. Yeah. And if we got to be the only ones up here dancing, that's cool too. I don't mind staying on the hill dancing by myself. And a lot of times <laughs> I feel like people see that and they go, they feel kind of like, man, well, if he's about to do it, I'm about to do it too. There's yeah. certain parts of like songs that we have that aren't really like dance worthy songs or dance worthy parts of songs that people still dance to. And I, I yeah. love that. I think we all love that so much. So yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 a huge uh at the driving fan. So okay. when I look up like clips of them in the nineties, uh or I guess it would be the early two thousand nineties into the early two thousands, I I see that as like the the standard of like stage presence, you know. And uh even though I've kind of toned it down, like maybe since our first show. Um, I try to like not be so crazy and out of control, but I I I try to give good stage presence when we're when we're playing, even during slow songs. So at least yeah. people, because you know, as like a crowd person, like if I don't see the band having fun to their own music, how am I going to have fun to it? Exactly. I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that I think that's a key thing that you know, if you're not a musician and you don't play music, everyone's like, oh, you like your own music. That's that's kind of corny. It's like if you don't like your music, no one else is gonna like your music either. Like, you have hell, to be, yeah. like your your music has to be like one of your favorite music. Like, I write music. I still think I really. I think I like my music more than I like a lot of music. Doesn't mean it's gonna be anybody else's favorite, but I at least right. like it. <laughs> yeah, you take pride in it. I mean, it's something yeah. you put a lot of blood, sweat, tears, and time in. And I feel like not saying your music is better better than anyone's or anything like that, or that you worked harder than anybody. Because that's never what it is. But yeah. if it's something that you know that you've sat down and you've you've had sleepless nights trying to work on something and you finally got it, it's important to have pride in that. And yeah. it's important not to let people try to humble you on that. And so yeah. I feel like if you see other bands up there who think they're too cool to play or they don't really I don't really like this song. Yeah. Well, how am I supposed to like it if you guys don't yeah, like exactly. it? So Yeah. I always find that weird when people are on stage and they're like mad about being there. It's like, don't play. Like no one's making yeah, no you one's, do this. We're no not paying you really anyway. So. Yeah, I, or I hate when people announce a a certain song is the last time they're playing the song. That's always weird to me when bands. Oh, this is the last time we're gonna play this song. I'm like, just don't play it then. Like, yeah. like what are you like? What are you doing that for? If yeah. you know it's a song that everyone loves, and you know that the energy that they're throwing towards you is something that's just pure, why would you decide not like to stop playing certain songs? I never understood yeah. why bands do that. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is the song we're most known for. We're gonna play it like maybe once a year now because we played it ten thousand times. Like, yeah, but the people in the room haven't heard it ten thousand times, or even if they have, they, yeah, they right. want to hear you play it, man, in front of them. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, cool. I also uh, kind of obviously mentioned earlier, you guys are from you know liberal California. Um, I would say you guys don't really take that lightly either. I've heard you guys, you know, speak on stage. I've seen some clips of stuff where, you know, you're pretty, pretty politically active and make statements against homophobia, racism, women's rights, and many other, you know, liberal constructs. Um, while your music may not automatically be associated with those concepts, I have to ask, do you feel like at this point in our human existence that the fact that these things have to be mentioned or even expressed is a pretty sad statement for mankind? Because shouldn't people already just assume that these are things that people should be doing instead of trying to, you know, actively persecute other human beings uh yeah I, I think it's odd i feel like uh in year 2022 especially being in the the subgenre in where a lot of these things are uh should be well known i feel like a lot of problems and it's not a problem with with punk music or hardcore music i feel like oftentimes though people want to be so against the grain because that's kind of the it's embedded in punk music is to go against uh the mainstream or go against what's popular but people sometimes forget that one huge characteristic I feel like of really being punk is the idea to, to pretty much uh, support the idea of human rights. Everyone should have their own human rights. No one should be telling you what to do with your body. 
So I feel yeah. like oftentimes we got a lot of old heads out here who are in the punk scene and uh, their perspectives have changed to a point where they are straight up right wing now. Yeah. And not saying anything's wrong with being right wing, but their opinions on a lot of, um, I guess, perspectives are, are chaotic. It's ridiculous. And it goes against what I feel like they used to stand for. And I feel like when we, we say these things at shows, everything goes back to our hometown. I feel like we're saying these things for our hometown, to our hometown, for the people who yeah. don't agree with us. The, uh, there's not many that don't agree with us, but I feel like it's important to still speak on these things. And so, yeah, I guess I, I guess at the end of the day, I feel like it's weird that this still has to happen. But I understand we have a duty being in a, in a, a you know, a punk hardcore band. This is our duty. Yeah. All and obviously those, you guys, uh, I don't think there's there's not any actual, you know, white guys in your band. Right. It's you guys are all either Hispanic or, or black. Right. All the uh, well, drummers. Jimmy. Jimmy is now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because yeah. he, he wasn't originally in the band, but he is now. Yeah. Yeah. Our original drummer was Carlos. Uh, he moved up north to uh, San Francisco to, to pursue some schooling. So gotcha. We, we had to kind of part ways with him. They're still the homie, though. Still homie till death. Yeah. Uh, but we, our drummer now, Jimmy, um, he, he's he's white. Yeah. Yeah. So you got yeah, you know, a whole. Too, um, one thing about that point was uh, like kind of like relating it back to like our latest single. Um, one thing that I feel like as you know a band of men in a in like a male dominated space you know i think like you know and it's it, it's something that again we talk about in the song toxic masculinity is kind of like it's something that's so ingrained in male culture that um you know sometimes as men we're just like ah, it's easier to just you know continue as like business usual and not really change you know and like i don't know do we should still be speaking on this when everybody should kind of like you know just like know i guess what's best and i mean honestly i feel like a lot of men are still kind of uh living in a certain um the best way i could put it and it sounds a little like uh like i guess snobby to say it this way but it they, they still kind of live in like a certain like immaturity to where they think that like um like for example women have to be like at their demand you know yeah. um like uh just, just a random example. Like I remember, uh, I used to, I used to drive for Amazon, and I, I had a ride along one time with me, and he was talking about how he was like mad at his girl because she posted a photo of herself in like a bikini when she was gonna go swimming, and he's like, I told her that I wasn't gonna let her take pictures like that, and she still did it. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm just like, bro, is she, she like you're not like the owner of anyone. He said, yeah. let her. Like, what do you mean, yeah, let exactly. her? Exactly. Exactly. And so, like, you know, that type of shit is something that I feel like men. Not not just that specifically, but yes, that and other things. I feel like men sometimes, uh, you know, like they get a, like a little skewed, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and still like a very active thing. And I feel like, you know, just like us as men, you know, especially like whenever I, I, I uh, you know, I just whenever I socialize with other females and they and they tell me like, you know, uh, you know, as a man, what do you think you're doing for women's rights? Like, what do you you know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think is like something that is like the best and. The, the main thing they always like advise me is to have conversations with other men and get them yeah. out of that or not get them out, but like talk them off of that, of that culture. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Of toxic masculinity. I always think it's just a funny thing. Like it's, you know, this whole vaccination, Oh, it's my body, my rights. I'm like, you sound like a fucking moron. You you're the same person that says that, you know, pro-choice isn't a thing, all this other stuff. It's like you, you're willing to take away everybody else's rights except for straight white males. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of men stayed quiet the day that the news broke and yeah. You know, again, when when I was when I was speaking with my friends who are women, the only thing they wanted to see really cuz what the Supreme Court did was what the Supreme Court did, but what they would have loved to seen from what they were telling me was at least support from yeah. people that benefit from this and that's men. You yeah. Know? And that was something we spoke I think as soon as the news broke uh with the Supreme Court's decision, I think it was the first show we played. We immediately spoke on that in front of everybody because we thought it was important, especially us being a band full of those who who identify as men, that we felt it was very important to let people know that we fully support what women do with their bodies and we don't support what a room full of other men decide women should do with their bodies. Yeah. And we thought that it was a very important to get that explanation out. And again, sometimes I feel like we are, when we play shows, we're preaching to the choir. 
a lot of people definitely agree with us, but a lot of people still didn't say anything. I've yeah. noticed before that. And that was kind of why it needed to be said openly. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing is there is a woman on the Supreme court that actually voted to repeal Roe yeah. versus Wade. Yeah. And, yeah. and then one, obviously that didn't, but it's just insane that like, this isn't, this isn't a, it's not a, it's not a murdering a child thing. It's a, it's literally a women's rights issue. And, yeah. The fact that a woman would be, yeah, I'm for, I'm for that. It just it blows my mind. It's crazy. Yeah, don't understand yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, man, we yeah, like on on that topic, especially that, like, you know, it's it's a slippery slope of like their religious beliefs. Uh, yeah, the pro life argument and where it stems from religion. Yeah, you know, yeah. people that study the Bible could actually probably even make the case that the Bible actually advocates for 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 abortion. If you really, yeah, know, you know what I'm saying, and pro-lifers don't want to hear that you know what i'm saying yeah What's well it also says to be good to people and and they don't really always exactly. abide by that not either. at all exactly <laughs> I mean, we're supposed to be support like the idea of human rights is that's like one of the most like uh i guess uh positive religious things you can do and for some reason yeah. We don't seem to do that at all. Yeah. And what's crazy, the Supreme Court tried to mask the decision by trying to make it seem like it was more of a, we're just trying to make the state decide. States' we're rights, yeah. To, it's obvious. Yeah, come on, we know <laughs> what the states' trying rights are. They said the yeah. same thing about the Civil War. is about states' rights, exactly not slavery. Exactly that. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous that no one can even identify the, the connection between that. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anytime somebody brings up states' rights, you know that they're just trying to hide some, you know, obvious intolerance or hate for something else. Some type of bigotry, without a doubt. Yeah. Exactly. So obviously the new EP is going to be out by the time this episode will air, but I know you guys also have some shows coming up. You're playing some big shows like Fest in October. I believe you guys are actually going out to Florida for that. What's yeah. also on the horizon for Shiva this year? Uh, so we're also, I think a month later, we're playing uh, Act Like You Know Fest, and that's a fest in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That was, okay. uh, I think previously it was called uh, Prom Corps, and they changed the name this year only because I think this is a charity event, and I, right now I cannot remember who they are uh, – uh, de- uh, sending the proceeds to, but anytime we hear a charity event, we want to be on top ta- on top of that. That's right, almost for equality. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So that's something that's going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So we're going to be uh, going out there also. Um, we do have an EP release that I'm not sure when this is going to be uh, put out, but our EP release is going to be August 13th, 12th. 12th. I'm sorry, August 12th, which is going to be the day that the EP is released. Um, we're gonna do a hometown show for our EP release show. Gotta do hometown for the EP release. We gotta show yeah. love. That's one thing I feel like a lot of uh, bands don't do, and I'm not trying to say it's a local issue that we have here, but oftentimes uh, it's kind of hard to get bands to support where they're from. So we're trying to make sure that people understand we're from Lancaster. I know a lot of my friends uh, and bands a long time ago from Lancaster would tour and tell everyone they're from LA. That's <laughs> yeah, that's so. If for those like, who know, yeah. those are completely yeah. different. I think LA there's like some mountains in the way too. There's yeah. there's mountains, there's <laughs> desert in the way. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny, man. Like we uh we we always talk about like the the bands here because technically we're LA County technically, but yeah. literally we're the last right before Kern County. Right, right like, before it goes to another county. Yeah, like Kern County is literally over there. You know, I, like, I think another county is about maybe 20 minute drive from us. Yeah. So where's everything else is still LA County going, going South. Yeah. Our, yeah. Cause really, cause really we're probably like an hour and 20 from LA proper. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, um, yeah, we just, it, it's just funny to us. Like sometimes there's bands out here, um, that will claim to be like Los Angeles bands, but they're, they're not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it like, it's, we, we find humor in it, but at the end of the day, we do see, at least me personally, I do see it as disrespectful. I do see it as this is a hometown that that will support you. Uh, this Antelope Valley will support you till you die, cradle to grave. And I feel like it's almost really kind of jacked up to not show that same love back. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, we always advocate like, yo, if you're from Lancaster, make sure you tell people you're from Lancaster because if something happens, you fall off your platform, if you blow up or something like that, you're not gonna have a bed to fall back on. Yeah, for sure. I think it was a. Uh... Well said, Funny right? enough, you mentioned Ska, Alex, earlier. Uh, Real Big Fish, they had a song that was something like, basically, uh, what, when we when we stop being famous, will our fans kind of be there for us? Because they had that song, Sell Out, which was a joke. Like, hey, we're selling out to get money and rich and famous, which then did get them, you know, rich and semi-famous and or semi-rich and semi-famous. Uh, but then they had to have on the next album a, a song that was like, when when the music industry basically spits us out, are you guys going to still love us? And it's like, 
Yeah. Most of those fans did not. And the reason why is because they were only there for the flash in the pan, one song kind of thing. And, mm. and the music business is so fickle. Uh, you know, you can work your whole goddamn life and maybe get one song ever played well enough to make you some money. And even if not, you just got to you gotta live with whatever you feel is, is right for your band, not for yeah, what, what some some asshole in England might think or not people in England are assholes, but some random person in England who's like, Oh, they're from LA instead of Lancaster, California. Like that person doesn't even care. Like you don't have to tell them where you're from in general. You could just say, Hey, we're from California and they're not going to know any single city different. Right. So like to try to impress people by saying you're from LA to make you sound bigger, it's not really going to make you sound bigger. It's not going to matter to anybody at all. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's yeah. Like, it's funny. Like, um, I do a lot of like session gigging because I'm also a guitar player and I yeah. do that in LA and uh, I do it um, primarily with an artist, but in, 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 in like playing shows with her, I've met a lot of other people that have like tried to like get me like to play with them. And recently I met one where they, and it's not the same person. I met somebody and I followed up with them. We didn't end up getting, I didn't end up like playing for them. But I, you know, I, I follow up on like their social media and stuff. And one thing I noticed that's like really popular in LA is there's like, there's like songwriting camps. There's like industry dinners. You got to like pay like 250 bucks to get like a ticket yeah. to these dinners. It's crazy. And it's just like, it's funny to see that being from like the punk scene. Yeah. Cause like the punk scene was never about that. Never. And, yeah. and, and, and it's not that that stuff is corny or cheesy. It's just, I've been to those things performing and it's actually not as hyped up as what it is like i've been yeah. i've played in rooms where there's well-connected people and industry professionals and industry people and it, they're literally just there to have a drink and dance with their date and they're gonna leave they're, they don't like care about you really <laughs> so no, they're, like, they're, not, they're not there to sign you to a contract that's for sure. exactly exactly so it's just funny that like um you know bands that aren't from there will say yeah this is what we're about and they like want to prop up an area that honestly more or less is like you, you'll, you'll find more originality just staying to like true to to yourself than like like what you're saying trying to cater to like an industry standard when like the industry is like changing every single day you won't give a damn about you tomorrow yeah, yeah. exactly exactly yeah. right awesome so we'll obviously add some links to the music and obviously make sure we get a vinyl pre or it'll be not a pre-order it'll be an order link obviously on the on the show oh, yeah. notes as well um and information and obviously your your link tree or whatever we got but is there anything else that you want to plug before we go and let anybody else know maybe that hasn't heard about you guys? What what you guys want to tell them before you before we sign off today? Uh, if I could give a shout out really quick to our homies, Wiretap Records and another city media. They're really supporting us on this next EP. Uh, Wiretap Records is uh, putting it out digitally. And then another city is collabing with them and, and they're going to do the vinyl drop that you just mentioned. So just want to give nice. big love to them. Shout out, shout out. Yeah, they've been really supportive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to give a shout out to Cantu, Cantu Culture. That's a, uh, that's we speak we speak a lot on local love, AV love, Cantu Culture. That's a little organization to put together, uh, to kind of collab with a bunch of other people out here who throw shows and do other stuff to support the music. I feel it's important that when you live in it or you exist in a subgenre that we have to create our own rules, create our own domain. So we create our own clothes, we create our own type of uh, ways to get any type of projection now that's in a positive format. So Very shout cool. out to culture for that. I want to shout out some bands too. I want sure. to shout out Triste. That's from Lancaster's the homies right there. I want to shout out um I'll shout out Zom. Shout out to them. Shout out to Downside. Shout out to All Eyes. Shout out to Captain Smooth Talk. That's him and Jimmy's other Sky band. Um there's a lot of bands I want to shout out. We'll shout out. out to Life for a Life. Shout out to earlier Life earlier when you when you were talking about when we were talking about like how long we've been around. You said something where you said, uh, bro, you said you sound like you've been around forever. And I just, I like real quick, Life for a Life was his band that, um, they, they still do re- reunion shows here and there, but back in the day, man, they were like, they were like, everyone looked up to them and then yeah. cause they were actually doing stuff like when in, in a world of like just local bands doing local band stuff, Life for a Life was out there getting it. Like they were like, you know, maybe, maybe in the future when we link up and we hang out some more, I'm sure like Jabril will tell you specifically what they did, but from the outside looking in, they were, they were touring, you know, they would go to the East coast. They were on a label, you know, so they were, they were, they were definitely like doing crazy stuff. Who did you guys like tour with? Uh, we toured, we did a couple cool tours. We toured with Agitated Banner. We toured with uh Comeback Kid one time. Uh, Pretty good. <laughs> we did a couple cool things. I appreciate nice. that. 
And then also, we want to give a shout out to you. Uh, thanks for having us. This is cool. We love we love doing podcasts. Hopefully, we can get another one going too uh, in the future. Uh, it's kind of cool to be able to pick pick your brain, and we definitely enjoy you uh, kind of picking ours and uh, I guess kind of giving exposure to things that we didn't even realize that people were paying attention to. We're yeah. able to see, and we appreciate the fact that you were paying attention to those things. So yeah, yeah, yeah thanks for having us, man. I know, I know, I know. We've been talking for a minute. Um, we definitely, you know, would love to stay connected with you, man. We love, we love your show. Well, absolutely. I, I mean, I can't wait to actually hear the full EP. It's going to be out soon enough. So yeah. I'll, I'll definitely uh, write a little write up for you because uh, I don't usually do EP reviews, but for for people that I know, I, I do because uh, there's so many EPs. If I did EP reviews, it would take me. I would never stop writing. So Appreciate yeah, that, bro. yeah Appreciate definitely it, yeah. be writing one up. It'll sound something like this. These guys have done this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without that, we'll check this out. This isn't, this isn't, this is Shiva Groove and this is definitely an EP we're dropping, but we already have almost, we, I don't want to say too much. We got a whole chunk of stuff still coming. Nice. Uh, I have like five albums worth of stuff. Five albums <laughs> worth of stuff coming still. Yeah, we don't stop writing. Almost every practice, every time we get together, it's, it's a, it's a movie. We're here right. to write today, right after this interview. Right after this interview, we're going to write some stuff. We're so, be right. Very cool. I want to thank you guys so much, obviously, for being on the show. Guys, if you haven't checked out Shiva by now, you definitely want to go to the show notes below this episode to check out the links to their music and obviously get the new album, Cyclone, the new EP, obviously. Go check out Groove, which was their, their first EP. Fantastic. Um, they're going to be doing some awesome things. They're going to be at Fest, like I said earlier. They're going to be you know, in Tulsa. They're going to be touring a little bit up and down California as well. So if you're in, if they're in your area, make sure you go check them out. And, guys, remember, the Powered by Rock podcast is powered by our listeners. I want If you want to show some support, please be sure to subscribe and share the podcast on social media. You can also make a donation to the podcast to help us keep making awesome new episodes with awesome guests just like Shiva here. You can find that link in the notes as well. You can see the full video interview on our YouTube channel and on Spotify now as well. If you want to check out some articles, album reviews, lists, and interviews, go to PoweredByRock.com to read our absolutely free rocking blog. You can also find our merch and gear, like our awesome guitar cables and, and all this other stuff we got there as well. So you can pick up some items to play and look like a rock legend. Guys, that's our show for today. We'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. Supposed to be